Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis. And I'm Dave Hollis. And we're married. For like 15 years. And we have four kids. That's like a thousand kids. We've been foster parents to four kids as well. And we're running a business together. That's a lot of things. It is a lot of things. But we know that it's possible to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we get through all the things, this is Rise Together. Hi, Dave and Rachel. This is Jordan Smith-Corn. I'm out in the Seattle area. And I had a question for you guys. I loved your podcast about your adoption story with Noah, and it was just raw and very real, and it spoke volumes to me. My husband and I are currently um, looking into next options for fertility treatments and or adoption and things of that nature, but we are still believing in miracles. However, um, we are also building a business together, and I am wondering how you guys navigated both together, as well as having this newfound, you know, you guys have foster kids and all this, how you managed the chaos while you still showed up for work and showed up for your life and and things like that. So I'd love some advice and tips on what to do in these situations because I feel like you two are the perfect couple to answer some of those things. So thank you guys. I love your podcast. You guys are incredible. First of all, Jordan, um, I just want to give you a hug. I want to like wrap my arms around when you can't see me right now. I'm like physically hugging the space in front of me. I don't want to sound cheesy, but if you are walking through an infertility journey, I just like I am loving on you from here. I'm wrapping you in love. We have walked with so many friends through this journey. We have walked with family members through this journey. It is brutal. If y'all are listening to this right now and you are in a similar, it is brutal um, and it looks like so many different things and everybody's journey is different, which means you don't even like, there's no one size fits all answer for how your community supports you or loves you because everybody has a different journey. So that's just first starting there. We love you and it sucks. Yeah. And I, I want to start with this too, because one of the, I mean, we've got, there's been a lot of family bless and, and like the, we can even like allude to some of the outcomes cause we've talked a little bit about some of the outcomes, but one of the things in each of the stories, each of the individual stories was a point where other people weighing in on their journey was complicating or making their journey even more difficult. So I want to start by saying that, man, uh, yeah, I want to try and share a little bit of our insight from our journey through adoption, but I also don't want it in any way to come off like we're telling you or f- like, I don't want to complicate what is already a hard, complicated thing. Because I know from our family members, it was like they needed one more person to weigh in on how to manage their pain. Like they needed a, a hole in the head. Like yeah. it, it's crazy. There's a great podcast episode, Oprah's Super Soul Sunday, where she interviews Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade talking about their infertility journey. And there's a whole part where they go into how painful the questions are. And basically there's only one question that you're allowed to ask, which is how are you? Yeah. Like 
that's it. You don't get to say anything else. You get to, It's a really good interview if you guys want to check it out. Um, but just starting there, I guess then moving into this idea, I'm just going to answer these questions that we get on the voicemail line as if you were my friend. And I also, please understand that I'm answering this without all of the context about your situation. So here's just a bunch of different thoughts. The first thing that I would ask is you're talking about you and your husband are building a business together and and that maybe there's the possibility of fertility and what that looks like for you guys. And I guess my first concern is if you're building a business together, what does that look like financially for you? And the the biggest thing that I know from our friends and family is that a fertility journey is a very expensive undertaking. Yeah. It's very expensive. And not only is it very expensive, but it's also emotionally very difficult because depending on what journey you're on and if you are on hormones or different things, that also emotionally is – there's so much wrapped up into it. So I guess my thought process would be if you're starting a business – that feels like an added financial stress. I mean, working together for the first time and starting a business. Beyond finding, I mean, like I agree a, with the financial thing. observation, but like emotionally, yes, our best year, hardest year is the one that we are coming out of because it was the first full year of us working together. I don't know, again, all the details. So maybe you guys have been working together for a long time, but if this is the first venture you're biting off together, uh, in addition to, the financial question, the emotional question of trying to persevere through what inevitably will be a challenging thing in a fertility journey. And uh, I mean, like, I, I, I should, I couldn't, I, I don't even have any context for how hard that is. I've only been able to experience it through others. I can tell you, having personally experienced how hard it is to fight for an exceptional relationship while you're figuring out how to work together. That is that you're biting off something that is bigger than you can contemplate if it's the first time you're doing it. I can't like, okay, let me give this to you through the perspective of something we have gone through. There is a 0% chance that we could have gone through the adoption and or foster care journey while trying to work together for the first time. 0%. Like we literally would not be together. I don't know that there are negative percentages, but if there were yes. negative percentages, this is where yes. they would apply. Because both of those journeys are the hardest pieces of our life. The most fruitful. Oh, yeah. Please hear me. Because oftentimes the hardest thing that we walk through ends up bearing the most beautiful fruit. But doing those things simultaneously would have been destroying. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, too, it's like if you... It's almost, uh, I'm trying to think of a good analogy because I don't want to like use too much negative, but like it's, there's, there's like a load bearingness, right? Like there's a, there's a pressure that each of these individual things on their own would put stress on in a way that does not fracture, but strains your relationship, your emotional state, your whatever. The compounding effect of the two of them could be something that fractures it. And I just, I, I think it's more like knowing Knowing your limits and being conscientious of being able to be fully present to receive the fruit of one of those things and, and not maybe get no fruit out of both of them because of them being compounding on each other. So that's the first part. 
And then the second part is there were some questions about adoption, foster care, (coughs) how you can navigate those while still showing up well, going to work, be, you know, that we can talk about. That we have done. Well, I will start with this. And it's alluded to in our no adoption story episode, but every single part of adoption that I thought I understood prior to adoption was wrong. Oh, so real. So, every single part of it was wrong. And when I say that, I, I'm, I mean, like, underestimating the complicated paperwork, timeline, th- that stuff, yes. But also, I came into adoption thinking that having had the benefit of having uh, having had the, the gift of being able to have our own kids, that somehow adopting a baby was going to feel different. This child was not going to feel like a child of, of mine. Which a lot of, just in case you're listening and you're not super familiar, is a very common belief for a lot of men. Yeah. And, and I, I can say I have not one time in her now almost three years of being on this planet looked at my daughter and thought, there's my adopted daughter. Yeah, I agree. Not, not one single time. In fact, I forget that she's adopted. I really do. I mean, she's been with us since the day she was born. We were there when she came out into the world. Um, I forget. And, and in fact, a lot of times I have to – I keep thinking like, oh, at what point do we start making – she's still so little she doesn't understand. And we all – it's very common knowledge. She's adopted. She has many cousins who are adopted. Like it's very – it will be something that is just a part of her story. But I'm like, oh, at what point do we start intentionally making sure that, that she really – because she can't grasp it yet. She's yeah. only two. But um, I forget that it's even because it's just so uh, that is a really beautiful point is that it's like, yeah. it's so different than you think it's going to be. So there's that. I mean, like we came into it, too. Like I was insistent on wanting a closed adoption. And man, the idea of not having the benefit of knowing Noah's first mama and the beauty that will one day be her getting to actually appreciate her bio mom. I mean, like there's it's it's awesome yeah and it, it's just completely separate and different from every single thing i thought coming in so i i want to first just say out loud if any of the and, and this is not an attempt to try and discount your want for having children naturally but if part of this question comes from a place of a worry of what it might feel like to raise a baby that you didn't have grow inside of your body i can tell you i I've, i have both I've had, I, I, I have not had, I, in fact, part of, this is going to sound crazy, but the, the work, the struggle, the journey in some ways had me connecting to Noah earlier in her life than to the mm-hmm. boys. That's true. Because there was this like, this, this bond that was almost immediate because of the amount of time and work and pain yeah, and that, I don't, that, it, that I, it came with. I don't think Jordan's question is about sort of that piece as much as it is how can you still show up mm. to the current life that you have while walking through this thing that is much more difficult. So what I want to make sure we touch on is, Jordan, you did mention, unless I'm hallucinating this, you said foster care. And there are many, many, many foster parents who have full-time jobs, who do these are angels on this planet and the 
way that we managed it when we were foster parents, we both worked full time, is we had help. We had a nanny and she helped us, you know, we, she was part of the process. She knew what we were doing. Um, if you don't have a nanny, obviously there's um, family members, there's preschools, there's so much support from the community, but just know that that is a major piece. If you are considering foster care, which is so needed, we need foster parents so badly, know that it is a special, special angel human who can do that, but that if you are going to continue to work full time, you have to have help, period. Yeah. I mean, the, the, big, the big learning out of our foster experience for sure was this idea of, of needs meeting strengths, right? Are the needs of this child being met by the strengths of this parent? And so if you feel like you can commit to, especially in foster visitations with parents and time with it's very counselors, time right? There, there, are gonna, there will be some things that are incrementally you know, complicated. I mean, it sounds like a bad word, but there's, there's extra there's It's extra not steps. a bad word. It's the truth. It's the truth. And oftentimes you go into it with rose-colored glasses and you don't know, it is very time-consuming. And you are absolutely at the whim of whatever the court decides that this child and their parent have together. And so just know that if you're working full-time or if you're starting a business, it is very time-consuming. Yeah. The last component of this would be private adoption, which is what we did with Noah. So we first tried international, then we did foster care, then we tried foster to adopt, we ended up in private adoption. And the component to this is the same component as fertility, which is it's more expensive. So in in independent adoption or private adoption, you are paying the legal fees. You don't buy a baby, you don't pay the parent anything, but you do pay for her lawyer, you pay for your lawyer, which is crazy expensive, and then you also pay for all of her medical bills. Uh, so just know that, that it is a big chunk of money, at least with adoption, you're paying the big chunk of money and you don't know how long it will take, but you, you're, you, you're likely, unless you're some kind of monster, in which case no one's approving you anyway, you're going to be matched with a child at some point. You don't yeah. know how long it's going to take. Whereas with fertility, you could pay all of that money and go through all of that stuff and still not have anything. So just something to be mindful of really like candid what does this look like for you guys look y'all are strong we can do hard things you can do this i i was um counseling a girlfriend who's who's doing independent adoption and you know it's been longer than she thought it was going to be they haven't been matched and it's so hard they went through a very long infertility struggle and so there's just you know the waiting it's like it feels impossible the waiting and I was reminding her of what Dave told me back in the day. Like our, our desire to have a daughter or to have a child is really dependent on our willingness to stick with it, to stay in this race, to keep putting one foot in front of the other, to keep moving forward. Like that is what determines whether or not we have this dream. And so that would be my, you know, final piece of advice to you guys is 
it sucks and it's hard. But if you're willing to stay in it, you, you know, your baby has a birthday. You just don't know what day that is yet. I'll, I'll just finish with one thing. We are sitting here because of having pushed through that hard, hard season where it felt like we'd been left in this journey without answers we were hoping for. And now on the other side of us having a daughter and our family having now moved to Texas, we're visiting our family that has three times on my side of the family adopted kids from foster care once and almost now a second time on your side of the mm -hmm. family adopted kids out of foster care. Mm -hmm. And so the like rippling domino effect of this journey of ours has now filled our family with unbelievable love and cousins and fun at pajama brunches and all of the things. So um, it's going to be hard. It's going to take time and it will be worth the work no matter which journey you take. Hi, Rachel. My name is Sarah and I am calling to see what your guys' thoughts are on how you know if you're done having a family. We have two kids and we're in a position where we can have more, but our kids are already out of diapers and potty training and all that stuff. And we just can't decide if it's right to start all over again. So thanks for your time. Bye. All right. This next question is from Sarah. And Sarah wants to know, how do you decide if you're done having kids. We are the wrong people to ask. We laughed so hard when we heard this, Sarah. It is a serious question, but we are so done having kids. It's a, that's a hard pivot to go it from is, an infertility know, conversation to how do you know, know if you're done having kids. I know. Goodness but, gracious. So I'm trying, like there's the, the way I want to answer it, which is like we're friends sitting on the front porch and I'm like, you should, no, I'm just going to answer it this way. You should only, only have another child or have a child if you have a deep, 100% full-blown desire in your heart. You feel like if I don't have this baby, I will be 80 years old on a rocking chair. I will look back at my life and I will deeply regret it. If you don't have that kind of passion for another child, do not have another child. Because no, the reason that people are like, should we have more kids is because family or grandma or society or whatever makes you think that that's what you're supposed to do. But ha every, every child that you add to a family, we know this, right? Any parent who's listening, it is so much emotion and effort and to be a good mama to one baby and then two and they all have different person it's so much so if you don't have a flaming desire like ah we are missing a little person then don't do it what's interesting is when i heard the question my immediate response to be honest was if you have to ask the question, yeah, you're done. then you know you're done. that you're done and you're asking the question because your you mom is asking yep. when another grandchild is coming 100%. instead of it being something that you feel burning inside yourself. I, I think the way I answer it is if you were in a pool and 
the kids that you have now require you to hold them and then someone threw a baby at you, would you all drown? No, you are ripping off a Jim Gaffigan yes, joke I am. right I don't now care. <laughs> because that's the and you're doing it badly. You're not even like doing it in the right way. God, I can't even steal jokes anymore. Honestly, no, uh, the the it's exactly what Dave said. I we don't know your story. We don't know the context, but I would agree with that. Is that it? It feels scary. It feels scary to commit to being done the same way it feels scary to commit to trying for your first one, right? You're like, oh my gosh, what if this is the wrong choice? Whatever you decide to do, commit to it fully and don't debate, oh, was that right? Was that? No, commit. I've talked about this before. Our friend Tom Billiou, he and his wife were trying to decide if they should have more kids. And the piece of advice he got that he really appreciated was someone said, have kids, don't have kids, but whatever you decide to do, fully commit to it and never question it again. We only we only like have anxiety or regret about things in the past when it's when we're obsessing over the past. Don't look back there. You're not going that way. Yeah. You're you. If you decide that you have your two children, you're super blessed with these kids. They're both out of diapers. Praise the Lord. We're moving forward from here. I get really fired up when I think about, okay, we're set. Like knowing that like this is it. This is what our family looks like. And now how do we help these little people become the amazing adults that they are going to become? That is going to be a full-time job for the rest of our lives. Forever. Right? Forever. So that's the focus now. It's not like I I love like when we had Noah and I was like done. I went back and got my vasectomy redone Honest, after Noah. Honestly, you guys, I still anyone who's ever been pregnant, like you get nauseous or whatever, and I'm like, <gasps> did the vasectomy fail? And then I'm like, no. 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 We are <laughs> done. So maybe we're a little too pessimistic on or maybe we're a little too like hardcore on this. But I just really think, Sarah, if you have to ask, you have your answer. Hey guys, we love answering questions from you. We love when you call into the hotline. So we want to make sure you keep those questions coming. If you have a question, we want to hear it. So call in 737-400-HOCO. That's 737-400 and whatever numbers spell HOCO. Spell H-O-C-O. Ding. (laughs) 